Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And in December, we are all counting down to the end of this, um, should I say, glorious year of unparalleled opportunity in 2020 and getting us all ready to better feel better prepared for 2021. And in order to do that, I've challenged all my guests this month to talk about things that are we're all facing. And my guest right now is going to help with something that I've heard from so many people I can't even count. And that's the question of what do I do? I no longer have a training budget in my organization. How do I make sure I'm progressing as a professional and I'm keeping my team progressing as professionals? So joining me today is Daniel Matthews. Now, he's not only an accomplished leadership coach and a problem-solving and change leadership expert, but he's also known best for helping people to stand up, oops, I got it wrong, step up, stand out and inspire others. And like I like to use my title as the chief potential officer, he is the chief continuous improvement officer of his company, <laughs> Continue to Improve. I know, I love it. You know what? When we run our own companies, we can make our own titles. Right. <laughs> He's also the author of a brand new book that's out called The A3 Workbook, which is Unlock Your Problem Solving Mind, which is what we all need to tap into to make sure that we can continue to shock our own potential. Now, just a couple other highlights. He was an integral part of Toyota's organizational development team. And as we know, and from one of our other former speakers, our you know, concepts from Toyota are taught around the world. But I thought this is what's funny. He's, uh, most people don't know that Daniel is an excellent baker and cake decorator. And his home is also like filled with bonsai trees, apparently. And if he ever gets tired of doing the speaking training thing, he's going to train dogs just and enjoy every minute of it. So that means he's a very well-rounded person. So Daniel, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Michael. I'm excited to be here today. I love people's bios because they, they give so many like little insights into people, but I think it's such a, it's such a great reminder that we all have so many parts of us that come to the table. So what I want to do, since I hit just a couple of the highlights, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself the way you like to, and tell us about yourself and your business and how you help people and organizations to shock their potential. Well, thank you. You know, for me, my journey started a long time ago. And, uh, you know, like a lot of people, uh, you know, 
I've had a varied past and, and uh, I actually was a high school dropout. I say was because I eventually went to college. So, ah. but I was a high school dropout. And, and uh, when I went into the Air Force, because that's pretty much all I thought I could do, uh, somebody saw potential in me and mm. uh, they, they literally shocked my potential by mm. sending me to school to become a trainer. So when I was 20 years old, they sent a, a high school dropout to become a trainer. And I eventually was responsible for a 90 person flight of folks and all the training that they did. And, and then that propelled me when I got out of the Air Force to uh, step up and, and try to get a job with Toyota as a trainer. Uh, again, still a high school dropout. And again, they saw potential in me and they hired me and I worked for them for uh, probably a total of 15 years or so. and. Uh, eventually went on to get my college degree. But, you know, what I think is, is interesting, it doesn't matter what your background is, it, it really matters about uh, what you feel your potential is and whether or not you want to, to drive toward that potential. And uh, sometimes you need people to show you what that potential is before you can do that like I did. Uh, <laughs> but certainly, certainly it's been a great journey for me. And as far as my clients are concerned, you know, I, I started after I left Toyota, I started working on my own. And my very first book that you mentioned was uh, the A3 workbook, Unlock Your Problem Solving Mind. And uh, that was kind of the start of a journey for me and my clients. And, and I basically uh, traveled all over working with uh, various clients in, you know, uh, the United States, Canada, Mexico. I almost said New Mexico, but that's in, that's in the United States. <laughs> And we didn't get the geography. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, you know, teaching them problem solving and, and that evolved into a lot of leadership training and things like that, which, which ended up being my, my, my latest book, the, the fourth book, The Language of Leadership, Nicer Bark, No Bite. And, you know, one of the reasons I wrote that book is because I find so often that we are in the midst of leaders that... Uh, don't really understand how to lead. You know, you've probably heard the saying that leadership has changed, you know, <laughs> and, and in reality, leadership hasn't changed. You know, the definition of good leadership is good leadership. What has changed, though, is what people are willing to tolerate in their leaders. And so if you're the type of leader who is kind of old school and you're not willing to adapt and, and change, then you're going to be left behind. And, you know, and when I say left behind, your people are going to leave you behind yes, and you're going to be struggling absolutely. to get what you need done, done. So that's kind of how my journey started is, is because I, because I str struggled as a student. Uh, I think that was one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about training and so passionate about teaching leaders. Uh, I think that's how I ended up where I am today. I think that's so amazing. So many things that you said there are so important. And actually, you know, being the first person that's a part of our December Countdown to 2021 series, you're perfect because we just finished an entire month of highlighting veterans and, you know, really talking about how to, you know, understand what, what your potential is as a vet, um, even before you're a vet. 
you know, resources for families to understand how to support the person that, that they love that is serving and has served. And to see all the potential, I'm so thankful that you shared the fact that you started out as a high school dropout and then you still had a future. You just might not have seen it for yourself until someone helped you to see it. And I think that's so poignant with all of us is, you know, we all have blinders on at certain times to what we're really capable of. And it's so it's so incredible when we have someone or many someones who help us to turn the mirror back on ourselves and say, hey, look at yourself. You may not have seen what we see. I want you to see what we see. You've got something and you can't let it be hidden just because you've had a stumble on your path. Let's get you back on the path. Absolutely. You know, I call those whispers because too often we don't hear them at a volume that registers in our mind. You know, when people tell us things like that, and I think it's really an important part of our evolution that we, that we really pay attention to those small things or those things that, you know, when it's, oh, well, it was nothing. You know, we, we kind of blow it off, right? Yeah. But in reality, it's, those are the things we really need to be listening to because if other people see that in us, there's something to it, especially if you hear it more than once. Yeah, it really is. And, and at some point in time, when you take notice of that and can embrace it, it can really propel you much farther. But a lot of times people are held back still by their fears or their feeling of not being worthy. Absolutely. And it's, it's hard to, to accept it when you haven't embraced it yourself. Exactly. Yes. So true. Um, I just love it on so many levels. It reminds me of just so many things I've been talking with. I, you know, I have this weekly kind of ask Michael thing where I get the most amazing questions from people that are so honest and they're really saying things like, you know, I really, I'm almost there, but I just don't think I can finish or I really want to accomplish this, but I just don't know if I have it in me. I've tried before and I didn't make it. And I think that sense of just remembering that sometimes just continuing to move is, is truly propelling yourself farther farther because sometimes it's really easy to stop yeah. well i mean you think about it once you get that once you've had a hard day at work and you sit on the couch do you want to get up again no <laughs> <laughs> you know so so yeah don't keep putting that foot out there keep stepping forward yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think this is a, you know, a good segue to, you know, obviously 2020 has been an incredibly odd year to say the least. And not only are we seeing people that are being laid off, we see businesses that are struggling or that have closed. Um, and we see people in real panic, not only about, you know, do I have a job and, you know, can keep food on my table and a roof over my head. But those that still do have those things are still nervous because what if it ends tomorrow? Or, you know, what happened to my dreams? I was on a path maybe for a promotion and now all those things have changed. How am I going to keep myself at the top of my game so that when the things start churning again, I have the best opportunity? And one of the questions I have heard so many times recently is the one that we're going to talk about. And that's, we no longer have a training budget. You know, it used to be that I could go to conferences and I had, you know, or I could bring in, um, you know, speakers like you to, um, to train us. And now we don't have those resources. So what do we do? And so I know I posed that question to you to say, you know, how, how, pe how can people do it? How do you, what advice do you give them to make sure that you could take this month of December and really just jam pack it with what you need, not only for your professional journey, but to keep yourself motivated? Yeah, you know, and that's, I love that question too, because I, I don't know, have you, have you ever eaten a Joe's Crab Shack? 
Yes, I love okay. it. <laughs> they, the first time I ever ate there, there was a there was one of those little table tent signs, and it said "Free Crab Tomorrow." And I, it was the first time I'd ever been there, and I was like, I, I came on the wrong day. I need to leave and come back tomorrow. And then I realized <laughs> it was it was just a marketing ploy. But you know how how often is that the case in life, right? You know, yes. the free crab is tomorrow. And, you know, we're in this, the midst of this pandemic, and so many people are thinking, I have to put everything on hold, but you don't. Mm. You need to continue to move forward. You, you can't wait for tomorrow. You need to, I, I tell people all the time, I said, what you need to do is you need to figure out where you're going, where you want to be, and then list all the things that, that are keeping you from getting there, and then pick two of those and find alternative actions to those things. And, and you don't have to take a big action. Just take one small action today and then do the same thing tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. But never, 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 never wait for tomorrow. Do something today. And so when I think about leadership and I think about management and the, 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 the non-existent budgets out there, yeah. you know, there's, there, there are people who want to develop their leaders. There are people who want to develop as leaders. Uh, there are people who want to be leaders in the future. And they're thinking, well, you know, why bother? Well, Today is a good time to bother in, in reality. I mean, we've never lived in an age where we have so much information available to us in so many formats that, that there is no excuse for not continuing your leadership journey and, and developing your leadership skills. Amen. And so some of the things that I think are really important is, first of all, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're working at a corporation or you're doing, you know, my wife works at Toyota and their corporate offices, nobody... It's, it's a ghost town in the office. Yeah. Everybody's working virtually. So, you know, how do we continue to, to create leadership experiences there? Well, you know, virtually, you know, team up with a group of two or three people and then talk about what your goals are in terms of leadership and promotion and advancement. And then talk about, earlier you mentioned creating masterminds. You know, it's kind of mm -hmm. like a mini mastermind. Create a mastermind of folks and then start talking to each other about what are some of the books that you read? What, you know, what books should I read on this? Or what books have you read on that? Uh, or, or, or have you watched any good YouTube videos? You know, get out there and start asking these questions because, mm -hmm. you know, what I have found is that there's rarely anything original out there. What, mm -hmm. what I find is that, that something, whatever you want to know is already out there. Somebody's going to tell it to you through their experiences, but that information is already out there. So you really need to go out and, and mine that information that you're looking for. And then you need to put it through your own mental filters and your goals and your objectives and think about, okay, is there anything within all of that that I can take today and I can start to put into play? to help me reach my goals and my objectives. And I think that's a really big, important part of the whole process is just getting out there and looking at the information that's available. Well, and plus by gathering other people around you, then you don't feel so alone in the journey. And I think that that's what a lot of people are feeling, especially, you know, we are still isolated. I mean, American Express is going to keep their people home through at least June of 2021, you know, and, and we're going to see that in thousands of companies all over the world. And that isolation, I think, is, is having different repercussions. It's not just isolation, like I don't see anyone and I might be wearing pajama pants on the bottom, although I'm not. But <laughs> <Me either. laughs> that's, one, that's one kind of isolation. I actually even put real shoes on today, so that was pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> instead of my slippers. But 
but there's also this isolation of, you know, when we used to go to conferences or trainings or even staff meetings, when you're in a room with someone where you're gaining the same knowledge at the same time, you have something to, to discuss over lunch. Absolutely. You have something to bounce ideas off of. Maybe you even have something to bitch to each other about at lunch. You know, like, can you believe we sat through that? That was a bunch <laughs> of crap. I don't know. But regardless, um, there's, there's a companionship there that's missing. And I think your idea is perfect because when you gather people together, you start to not only bring in other ideas, which you're talking about, but you bring in other mental support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the, the whole support mechanism, I think is really important. I mean, you're, you're an entrepreneur. I see you're, you're in a room in your house somewhere and, and uh, you know, how many hours a day do you spend within the confines of your home? Right. You know, it, it can get, it can get a little taxing on you mentally. And, yes. you know, if, if you're not, if you're not out there trying to do something now, in your case, you're out there, you're, you're out there, you know, I've seen some of your videos, sometimes you're outside, sometimes you're inside, <laughs> but you're always out there giving, 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 giving. And I think that helps because once you, once you realize that giving, when you're giving, people are out there listening and, and that kind of helps boost your morale because you're not just you're not just doing something to do something. It, there's a yeah. purpose behind it. And I think, I think each individual needs to find what that purpose is in their leadership and they need to go out there. And, and part of that whole training on a budget thing is, is learn something yourself and then take what you've learned and share it with somebody else so that Absolutely. they can, they can improve and, and use that as, as a, as a moment for those conversations that you were talking about, right? So share what you've learned and, and they can share what they've learned and you can have a conversation back and forth about what you learned and how you can apply it and how it applies in your role and how it applies in their role. And even though you're not face-to-face, -face, I mean, you know, I've, I've done lots of online learning things. And one of the things that I really treasured about those were the ones where we, where we were required to team up with somebody, have an accountability partner, one mm -hmm. or two, you know, that was in the group and meet weekly to discuss, you know, the topic that we just covered and to go through some exercises together and, and help each other with that. And, and there's no better way to learn than to, to read it and then to, to talk about it and then hear somebody else's ideas on it and, and start to internalize that and make it your own. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. I think that's fantastic. So what else can they do? They have no money. All right. So they get together. <laughs> what else? Yeah, so, you know, obviously one is getting together and having that accountability, right? Accountability buddies. But then I think, you know, we, we need to think about what are some of the resources and, you know, obviously, you know, there, there are books, right? And, and again, mm -hmm. my book, I think is a, a great tool. And, mm -hmm. and the reason that makes it great is that it's 31 lessons to help you lead, grow and improve your team. But what makes it unique, and, and I think you can apply this to any book that you read. I think what makes my book unique is that there's really three parts to it. The first part is you just read one chapter a day and they're mm -hmm. short chapters. It's like, takes you 10 minutes. You've got 10 minutes a day, you read a chapter. And then what you do is you let that percolate in your mind as you go through your day, right? So mm -hmm. you're having these experiences as a leader or as an individual. And what you've read is now in your mind. And your brain is, is chewing on that while you're going through that. You don't even know it's happening, but it's right. happening, right? So then the second part is at the end of the day, take a few minutes and, and answer a, a, a reflection question about that. Say, okay, well, okay, I talked about, you know, I read this today. So, so when I think back through my day, 
where did I use this or where could I have used it? What could I have done differently? You know, take the time to, to mentally think through that process. And again, you know, 10 minutes to read, 10 minutes to reflect. And then once it's all over with, you've read the whole book, you know, takes you 31 days. Now you go back and you pick a skill from the book. And then you take and you actually apply it. And I have my, my process that I use. I wouldn't call it patented, but it's, it's my own concept, my own idea. It's called START. S-T-A-R-T, which stands for skill, target outcome, action, results, and takeaways. So the idea is that whatever book you read, you can take a skill from that book, and then you can have a target outcome for using it in your work environment or personal life or however it applies. And then you, you say, okay, what actions do I need to do in order to make this happen, to achieve that target outcome? And then once you've gone through that process, now you say, okay, what are the results? What, what am I walking away? Did, did I achieve what I had hoped to achieve? Did I fall short or did I just fail miserably? And then, then the last part, and to me, this is key, is what are the takeaways? What do I take away from this experience? But you, know, you talk about going to conferences and, and people aren't doing that anymore. But think about, think about all the people who go to conferences and they go and they have such a great time and they meet some people and they increase their LinkedIn connection list. And they, and they never come do back. anything with it. Exactly. Nothing happens, right? So, so to me, that start formula is something you can use across the board. In, in, it can work for conferences. It can work for any book you can read. And, and the reason it's so vital is because if you don't apply it, you're never gonna internalize it. And, and it's through the application that we learn about, okay, how does that really work? Well, you know, I, I really, I sucked at that. You know, I didn't do very well, <laughs> you know? But then now, now you've got this other group of people that we talked about earlier. And now you're saying, okay, you know, I tried this and this is what happened. And then you get that feedback from those other people and they, they help you see some things that maybe you didn't see in, in the first mm -hmm. place. So, you know, I think those are all things that we can do. And, and I, I, I can't stress enough that, that you can go to YouTube. You can TED, TED Talks, TEDx Talks, right? Those are mm -hmm. all fantastic. I don't know. I'm sure you've probably listened to, to, to hundreds or dozens or Absolutely. whatever. But yeah, I mean, how much great information is out there? And, and we listen to those videos, but, you know, it goes in and then, and then down the road. And then somebody tells us, oh, yeah, I that was great but I never did anything with it. So I think in this age of the pandemic, what we really have to focus on in, in the organizations when we wanna train our leaders is, is we need to create small groups of people that are focused on whatever skill they're trying to learn. And, and they need to be able to, to source resources on the internet or wherever, use those resources and then talk about it. Uh, I, I, I think, even internally, you know, a lot of organizations have trainers or training mm -hmm. departments, right? And those trainers are probably not doing a whole lot right now. But what they could be doing is since they're, they're, their folks aren't present and they're not in the room, and maybe they're not comfortable doing a virtual training, but they could certainly, if, they, if they're any sort of trainer, they have good facil facilitation skills. And they mm -hmm. could facilitate a discussion on various subjects. You know, just define a subject. Tell your people, okay, go out and do the research. Here's the subject. I want you to talk about accountability next week when we get together. Everybody mm -hmm. go out and find out what everything they can find out about accountability and how to use it and, and then come back and let's have a discussion about that, right? 
That's all they have to be able to do because I think the, the, the most important lesson I learned, I think I heard Ed Tate, who is a, uh, uh, a speaker and an NSA member say, he says, you know, uh, the answers are in the room. You know, we all have our own experiences. And if you, if you get those people together and you just throw out a question, you're going to get the right answer eventually. Right. And you're getting to get people engaged. And I think that's, it's a really good point. You know, trainers, the trainers that I know are, you know, feeling the same kind of panic, you know, as the frontline leaders are, or the frontline salespeople, or, you know, people throughout an organization is what's going to happen next. And is my job vital? And am I vital? And, you know, how do I, how do I move to the next level? And I think through action of any kind, we start to lose some of the fear because at least we're taking some control and that's important, but you're right. Let's have dialogues. We can still have the dialogues. They might just look different. Right. And so, you know, the concept of creating even just small groups of, you know, five leaders at a time that become their own little mini mastermind to keep themselves motivated and have a topic. Um, it doesn't always have to be a large group format like we had before. We have an opportunity now to look, especially at training from a completely different perspective mm -hmm. and say, what do we want? Yeah. And it's interesting because right before um, lockdown, I was uh, in negotiations with a major um, retailer and we were talking about training for all of their global leadership team in one of the departments. And they didn't want anything online. They wanted everything in person. And I was trying to talk to him about the importance of, of a mix. You know, let's have a mix. Let's have a person. I'm fine. I'll travel anywhere on the globe. Um, but, you know, that mixture of then online and some one-on-one -on -one coaching and some, you know, those are the ways you can really test whether or not there's buy-in, um, that there's understanding and that there's interest and, you know, and, and that, you're really actually hitting the mark. That's how you can measure. And it's funny because then, you know, for a while, all those conversations broke down and now they're just starting again. And now the question is, how do we do this right in a world that we're going to be more virtual and our teams are going to be virtual and we have to build a sense of team virtually. We have to, you know, a new hire who's hired who never gets to meet their colleagues in person who may never meet their colleagues in person. How do we create those those opportunities. Well, guess what? There's already people who've had to work that way prior to COVID. Nice. So let's go find them and ask them, how did you do it? What pitfalls did you have? What resources did you use? How do you build a team when you're not physically together? And we have an opportunity to build a new hybrid of training, I think, that can be even better once Absolutely. we start to not worry about it and just go after it. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I think too many times, you know, when we, when we are hired to do a position, we think we're supposed to be the answer for everything in that position. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that was one of the things I learned a long time ago at Toyota is the importance of not just, you know, what's in my head, this is, this is what we're going to do in the organization, but, you know, eventually going out and, and looking at other co companies in the, in the industrial park that were, you know, going through the same thing we were going through and, and benchmarking their training and what they were doing, how they were doing it and what they had that was cool and that, that we could, we could uh, use. And then they gleaned things from us. So it was, it was a great opportunity, you know, and I, I think the other part of the whole leadership experience, especially if you want to develop into a really good leader is you really have to feel comfortable talking in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the best ways that, that leaders can do that and, and aspiring leaders as well 
especially if you're, you're somebody who's, you know, waiting for all this to break loose and then you can go and, you know, apply for some leadership position or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, we talked earlier about teaching somebody else how to do something. Well, let's take that a step further. What if you shot a video of yourself doing it? And you don't need, you don't need any fancy equipment, right? We're, we're right here on Zoom. You've got the ability to go. record yourself on Zoom, right? <laughs> yep. Hit record, you know, get up there and start talking about something and then share it out there on your platforms, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, those areas and, and start providing information and, and start being seen as somebody who, who knows something about something and, and that might be an expert. And mm -hmm. if, if you're seen as an expert in these other areas or in these, in these other environments, then sometimes maybe you can be seen more as an expert internally, because I think sometimes once we become an internal source, right, we, yeah. we, uh, we're no longer the expert, even though they hired an expert. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Isn't that right? So it's I think so that's true. part of it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I, I think one more important thing that, uh, that, that I think we can all do is, uh, to help people engage and be a part of this process, this learning process is, you know, everything is gamified these days. You know, how hard would it be to gamify, you know, create some goals and objectives and, and create some boards and, and things like that. And there's some, you know, within your organization, you have folks who can come up with some really cool things, engage their creativity, get them to be a part of a team or something to kind of say, okay, well, how are we going to do this? I think as, as trainers or training departments within organizations, you can't just, especially in these times, rely on only what you have going on in your head and your own experiences. I think you really have to draw other people in and start making them part of the process. Mm, I agree. And what respect that gives to those people. Mm -hmm. I remember long ago, I wanted to create, I was not good at Excel. I'm still not good at Excel. I mean, I'm, oh, yes. you know, <laughs> I can just, I, I call my husband. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And he's like, okay, equal some, whatever. So I've got that now. But I was trying to create a scorecard for my sales managers and I wanted to have it you know, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And so I was talking to someone. He goes, oh, I know how to do that. I said, you do? How do you do it? And he goes, well, you do this and this. I'm like, just go do it. Do it for me. I will give you all the credit. And he came up with this thing that changed colors when they were red, yellow, or green. And yeah. you know, it was all this stuff. And I'm like, you are amazing. And I was like, this is fantastic. And he's getting taller and taller and taller. He goes, it was really very simple. I said, don't tell me that. I don't want to know. I just want to know you're amazing. And, you know, just watching what that did to his self-confidence was fantastic. And, you know, it didn't matter whether I could do it or not. I built him up in the process and he felt so much more engaged than even in what we were trying to do. Cause everybody else is like, oh, she wants us to fill out a scorecard. And then afterward they're like, well, why not? It looks pretty cool. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, you were saying earlier about, you know, how you like reading people's bios because you get to learn a lot about them, you know, and, and how cool would that be if leaders, if, if you had to, if everybody that worked for you had to write a bio, right? Mm -hmm. And then you could learn about them as individuals more easily, right? Because just like that situation. I mean, how many people, you know, might need something and there's somebody within their team that, that probably knows how to do that, but nobody's mm -hmm. ever asked the question or they've never thought it was that big a deal. So they've never yeah. mentioned it. And so now, now you have this opportunity as a leader to use people to the best of their abilities 
by getting them engaged. And we all know, you know, with the, with the small exception, most people want to do a great job. And if, mm -hmm. if you can engage them and you can make them feel good about themselves and what they know and, and things that you didn't even know they could do, like you did in that situation, that's such a morale booster. I mean, yeah. it really creates such a good feeling in that person. And you're doing the number one thing you need to do as a leader. Yeah. And, th and that is build relationships. I mean, if, if you're not building relationships, you know, today I had this visual that popped into my head. And, you know, as, as kids, we had those little blocks with letters on them. And, and you know, you could stack rows and stuff and yeah. make a little pyramid. Well, you know, that last block on top, so my question just popped into my head is, is, are you a leader hanging by a thread or do you have good, strong working relationships with the people? Because if you knock all those other bricks away and you're still hanging there and it's just you by yourself, you're never going to get anything done. Yeah. Well, and I was just, that, that's great visual. And as you were talking to, I was thinking, you know, back to your, all your points too, is using the other talent that's already in your team to help be part of the training solution. And so not only, you know, sharing books and other things, but saying, you know, hey, uh, you know, how are you doing this? I had, I had one of a sales manager for me um, and he's just one of my favorite people. He always could motivate people. He would do the craziest things just to make something memorable. Um, I hope he's listening to this. One day he, he sang, he dressed up, he was trying to talk about the, the importance of how you um, deliver a sales script, you know, and do you just read it? So, you know, he's reading it at word for, but he wasn't reading the sales script. He was reading a Carrie Underwood's Wood song. <laughs> and so he's like just reading the words. And then next thing you know, on this video, it's him dressed up like Carrie Underwood in a really bad way. And with long blonde hair and a, his beard and a guitar. And he sings horribly, but he was singing the song with gusto. And like everybody got it. Everybody understood. And in that moment, he taught all of us so much about how to, how to motivate somebody, the difference between a sales script as a script and a sales script as you make it because you have personality. Yeah. And I'm like, boom, baby. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I wish I had that video because I really want to use it against him later. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so Daniel, this is great. We're almost out of time. Um, and we'll have all of your uh, contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody can't wait and they want to type you in right now to find you. What's the best way for them to find you and learn more about you? So for me, I, LinkedIn is my, my favorite and it's just Daniel D. Matthews and that's Matthews with two T's. Uh, my email is dan at continue the number two and improve.com. So those are two best ways to get a hold of me. And uh, you can go to my website, which is continue to improve.com as well, or, or you can get there by going to danieldmatthews.com as well. So either Wonderful. of those ways. Excellent. So before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I'll tell you what I tell all my clients. You know, we, we all think of the word F-A-I-L-U-R-E <laughs> as, as uh, a bad thing. And we define it, you know, you know, I tried this and I failed. And, and usually when people tell you that they feel bad, right? There's a, there's a negative experience that goes along with that. And so what I tell my, my clients, every single one of them, is that failure is not a word. We need to stop seeing it as a word. It's nothing more than an acronym. And it stands for finding answers in life using reflective evaluation. Mm -hmm. 
And it doesn't matter whether you just fail finding answers in life, failed finding answers in life every day, or failure finding answers in life using reflective evaluation. The whole idea is to get out there and do something. We're never gonna be perfect 100% of the time and we should, we should never even expect to be perfect. I, I even tell people, I said, don't try to be the perfect leader, be the best kind of leader and that's a learning leader. And if you take failure as an acronym, that's the kind of leader you're gonna be. You're gonna be one who reflects and evaluates on what they've done and you're gonna learn things and that's gonna take you to a higher level every single time. I love it. Daniel, thank you so much. Lots of words of wisdom there, without a doubt. It has been a pleasure having you as a guest. Thank you, Michael. I've really enjoyed myself today. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.